This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday. It is the day after USC quarterback Caleb Williams wins the Heisman Trophy. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, USC getting its eighth record, eighth Heisman Trophy. We're going to talk about that with the coach Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com, for all of his content. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for the show, we love to hear from you. Podcast at USC Football. Dot com's email address, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. If you have the Apple Podcasting app or wherever you listen to the podcast, if you could subscribe to the show, follow us, leave us a five-star rating and review. That does help to grow the show, let your friends know about it. We will continue to do the show throughout uh, the offseason. Not that there's much of an offseason, but we'll continue going through that. We've got recruiting stuff. The transfer portal is uh, heating up for sure. Uh, lots of stuff there, so we're going to get to all that and more uh, through in the coming weeks and months here on the Peristyle Podcast. But we want to bring in the coach, Harvey Hyde, and talk to him about the, the football game that happened last Friday, the uh, Heisman Trophy, going to the Cotton Bowl, all that kind of stuff. Coach, how are you doing today, sir? Ryan, I'm doing great. Before we get started, I want to wish everybody out there a happy holiday season. Be safe. In some parts of the country, it's raining pretty bad, so I always say huddle up and buckle up. Take your time. It's not worth it to take a chance. You've got your loved ones in your car, and you better love yourself, too, when you're driving along. So I wanted to tell you that. And, uh, again, also, if there's that person out there that needs a phone call that you're not sure if that person will get a phone call, make that call, okay? Call it a recruiting call where you call and watch somebody smile. So, Ryan, with that in mind, we have a lot to talk about. We really do. We haven't been back or haven't been with you since after the game. With uh, the playoffs, the rankings, the uh, all-conference teams, the bowl game selection, there's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. We're going to start with the the, uh, breaking news that uh, Caleb Williams uh, won the 2022 Heisman Trophy. He was in New York uh, this uh, this weekend and uh, last night on uh, Saturday night in the ceremony, you were able to watch Caleb Williams uh, make his acceptance speech. He was, uh, you know, the the winner uh, for all six regions, had the most votes for all six regions. Um, really impressive uh, performance throughout the year for Caleb Williams. He was thanking uh, Coach Riley, thanking, uh, you know, 
Mama Riley, his wife, uh, his parents. He brought the offensive lineman. Anyone that played on the offensive line for the year came out there to New York. Um, you know, it was a great moment overall to see uh, USC pick up uh, the uh, the eighth Heisman Trophy. Of course, the you know the Reggie Bush one, uh, he won it and doesn't have it right now. There's a push to uh, try to get that back, but there's some. You know, we have a whole bunch of pictures and cool stuff up going up on the website. Um, you know, Max Duggan uh, end up finishing second. The TCU quarterback uh, C.J. Stroud came in third, uh, and Stetson Bennett uh, came in fourth. The C.J. Stroud from Ohio State and Stetson Bennett from Georgia. Uh, I my first two bo- votes were for Caleb Williams and Max Duggan, and I put Michael Penix, the Washington quarterback, third on my ballot. We get the vote for three, but pretty impressive uh, performance. Um, you know. It's, uh, you know, the, the first Heisman Trophy winner since 2005. It's been a while uh, to see USC represented there. Uh, it's the first year for Lincoln Riley at USC, gets a Heisman winner. He's been a head coach for six seasons, coach, and has three Heisman winners, which is pretty good. But I want to get your thoughts overall on USC and the Heisman Trophy and Caleb Williams. Well, first of all, I think it's a great honor to the university to have more Heisman Trophy winners than any other university. And as far as I'm concerned, I counted his age. I think there was a bad period of time there at USC's administration and also the Pac-12's administration when they allowed the whoever spearheaded giving back the uh, Heisman Trophy back to the New York Athletic Club and sending the trophies back and so on. I think that was a sad move uh, moment in USC football history. I just don't uh, – Reggie wanted on the field. One of the top college football players ever. If you ask young high school players who they want to be like, if you're a running back, I want to be like Reggie Bush. And uh, now today, that would be a minor uh, infraction. It wouldn't even be an infraction. And uh, I think the entire Pac-12 should support that move. As far as now, the Pac-12 is making a move with hiring, and uh, we could talk about that some other show with the hirings and what they're doing. But I think they ought to finally unite here and bring a lot of prestige and talk about the number of Heisman trophies they have. When you think of Kristen McCaffrey should have been a Heisman trophy winner. Anthony Davis should have been a Heisman trophy winner. Ricky Bell should have been a Heisman trophy winner. I mean, I think that these are the things that make your conference something special and to allow them to take Reggie Bush's uh, Heisman trophy away. I I think it's been too long. Uh, that somebody hadn't stepped up in the athletic department or the administration at USC and also the commissioner of the Pac-12 and say enough is enough. Let's bring it back and uh, get it the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, uh, I think winning one definitely helps, uh, you know, put USC back in there. Uh, they had tied, uh, the most were seven. Um, and now USC has eight winners and they, you know, um, Chris Fowler, even on the broadcast, had said uh, record-setting eighth uh, Heisman winner, uh, which is true. Um, so pretty impressive there. And for Lincoln Riley, coach, uh, he's the only coach. I think it was one of the coaches that did had Heisman winners at two different stops. He's the only head coach that's had three different Heisman winners. And he's not even 40 years old yet. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It is. And I think that should be real impressive in recruiting, too. Shouldn't have a tough time recruiting. When if you come with me and uh, I think uh, uh, that you could be uh, and follow the footsteps of these type of players, I would think out there in the recruiting world that would really be uh, something special. 
and I see that type of impact to continue. And I agree. I was I, I didn't have a chance to comment on Caleb Williams last night, but you commented on it. I thought his acceptance speech was uh, really good. He he dotted the I everywhere with his parents at the end, coaches, players, all of the above. And uh, I thought it was really well done. I thought the whole program was well done. In fact, it was one of the best speeches that I've heard done at a Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony. And it was great to see Mike Garrett there on stage with him, the first Heisman Trophy winner of USC, to see Mike on stage there. I, I don't know if he'd ever met Caleb Williams, but they had a chance, obviously, to meet each other. I think that brings all the history back together and things that are necessary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, breaking down the vote a little bit. Um, so Caleb Williams was on. So the, like I mentioned, uh, you know, I'm a voter and you get to pick for three. You get to pick three um, players, a first place vote, a second place vote and a third place vote. And you're each one. The first place is worth three. The uh, second place is worth two. And the third place is worth one. Caleb Williams was on 88.57% of all the ballots. So. 11, 11.5% of people didn't have them on their ballot, which is a little crazy. But it's the 10th highest in, in the history of the Heisman voting. So it's it's hard to get a consensus because there's 929 people that vote. Uh, but he had 544 of the 929 first place votes. There are six regions. He uh, finished first in voting in all six regions. So that's, um, you know, that's important. Sometimes it can be very... Uh, it can be a regional award. Sometimes a player from the South might get more votes than a player from the West, you know, things like that. Um, and uh, the the Southwest region was the closest region. Max Duggan had 308 points and and, uh, and uh, Caleb Williams had 349. But um, he won all six regions uh, and, like I said, had uh, 544 of the 929 first place votes. So pretty, um, you know, a, a Pretty good margin of victory there for Caleb Williams. Uh, Ryan, let me ask you: How many votes did not have? How many voters did not have Caleb Williams on it? So he was on eighty-eight, basically eighty and a half percent. So um, about twelve percent of the nine twenty-nine. So I don't know. There could have been like what a hundred or whatever um, people didn't have him on their uh, ballot, which seems a little <laughs> to not have him on the ballot well, at all. Um, it, Seems a little off. But I, you're right. What I'm saying, are you sure they checked to see if those people were alive? <laughs> when you don't make the ballot, those 11% of those people are 12%. I think they ought to check and see if those people are alive. Or if they have TV yet. Maybe they're still on radio. Yeah. It was, it was about, I think it was 106, 107 people, something like that. My gosh. I, I mean, I mean <laughs> and these guys have voting privileges? My goodness, excuse me, guys, but you got to wake up, okay? Yeah, uh, that was a little, certainly a little uh, questionable. A few other notes before we move on. Uh, he is the first uh, black starting quarterback for USC in more than 30 years. So uh, he was also the first Heisman winner in 17 years. And he has USC records for total touchdowns, which is 47, and total offensive yards, uh, 4,447. So some uh, record-setting performances for for Caleb Williams. How about there at the end when he said, yes, I'm coming back next year. Then he paused for a minute. Maybe I'll come back for two years. Yeah. Did you smile a little bit, Ryan? Did yeah. you smile a little bit? <laughs> um, he had, 
So he had uh, some goals that he wrote down in a regular notebook, which old school, which I thought you would like a lot, coach. Uh, I appreciated that. He wanted to uh, win the Heisman twice, which he's won one. So he can, he can do that because he's got to come back. But he did want two national championships. Obviously, he didn't win one yet. Um, so he'd have to come back for a uh, senior year if he was going to do that. I, I highly doubt it. Like a lot of people talking about being the number one pick right now. Um, but he can still do some special stuff. A little cringeworthy um, if people have been around the program for a while. Um, if you remember the term, it was back in, the, I think, the Lane Kiffin, uh, Matt Barkley kind of era, like the unfinished business. Um that was like a, one of the slogans um, that USC had back then. It didn't go very well. Um, so USC fans don't really uh, appreciate that one very much, but that was what Caleb Williams was saying. But it's a new era. You know, that was a long time ago. Uh, but he did talk about some unfinished business. Well, that's good. And, you uh, you know, here's a guy that can head you into the bowl season, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But a guy that can put it together during recruiting. Can you imagine the effect of visiting USC and meeting him? And also say, yeah, I'm going to be here. We've got an unfinished business. This is what we're going to do. He can attract the type of players that want to be a part of that type of rebuilding job. And when you consider the first year and what the record is, we'll talk about that too as far as currently right now, what it could be. I think this is all about what you do as far as starting it back, uh, the beat of the drum, the tradition of USC, the excitement of USC, and all of that with your Heisman Trophy winner saying, I want to come back. I want to be a part of it. It's been a great experience. That is what kicks off the, the new season. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you got to finish the old season. And USC is uh, not going to the college football playoff because losing to Utah. And uh, we got a bunch of questions. We'll probably talk about that game a little bit. We didn't get to do a show last week. My apologies for that. Things got a little crazy uh, after the game. But um the USC is going to the Cotton Bowl, ended up finishing uh, 10th in the college football playoff rankings, but get to play the highest ranked uh, group of five program. Uh, Tulane had a great season, a huge turnaround for Tulane as well, just like uh, there was a big turnaround for USC. Tulane went from, what, 2-10 to 10-2? Uh, pretty <laughs> pretty good. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts, Coach, on USC playing in the Cotton Bowl. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm concerned. I think it's a scary game. First of all, the Cotton Bowl doesn't have a good address for USC. Uh, uh, the times they've visited there lately, it hadn't been a, a pleasant trip as far as with Alabama, Ohio State, and so on. It'll be a different type of approach than it was with the other coaches, with uh, Lincoln Riley. Because uh, if the USC football program doesn't take that game seriously, it, it could be really a nightmare. It really could be. Because Tulane, what do they have to lose? Absolutely nothing. Here, They have a chance to play USC. They have a chance to play against the Heisman Trophy winner. They have all that going on for them. So they got a lot to say, you know, let's get after it. Let's have some fun. And they have a great rushing game and passing game, which is probably one of the things that USC is most concerned with with a great offensive football team as others were, too, against USC's defense. So I think it's really a, <clears throat> a big concern that the approach of playing Tulane has got to be highlighted a much bigger than just the name of the university. Like, we're playing Ohio State, we're playing Alabama. You don't have to say anything. But when you play Tulane, I don't know how many players on the USC squad visited their school or wanted to go to that school 
or consider them a football power or any of that. So this is something you can't overlook. And I tell you, it's going to be a long off season if you finish the season 11 and 3 rather than 12 and 2 and have that win when you get your bowl ring and you get all the different things and the experiences that you talk about forever. So I think they got to circle the wagons, USC, and I think they've got to, regarding people who are sitting out uh, as far as thinking about, well, I'm going to the combine, I'm going to the NFL. No. Hey, finish what you started out to do. Finish what you started out to do when Lincoln Riley was hired. Get it all together. Get it all together and march into Dallas. March into the Cotton Bowl and show people who you are united as one football team. Quit thinking about yourself. Go on in there and win that football game so you can remember it as a team that went 12-2, and two, not a team that has to live through an offseason of losing this last game. And I think that's very important. And I think also they've got to look at this game as how healthy is Caleb Williams. I mean, who knows? He could pull it on the first play again if he does play or what speed he's going to be. So I think they have to have a plan. What if he can't go? Then we've got to have a plan for Miller Moss that the team knows if Caleb can't go, Miller will come in and he'll do it for us. A plan that features Miller Moss and what he can do and do well. Because he's a a good quarterback. So I think this has got to be all approached so that people are prepared for that type of incident if it happens. No, I agree with you, Coach. And that's an important uh, it's an important bowl game. I mean, getting 12 wins is not um, – it's pretty rare. So to be able to um, do that I think would be a really big deal. And that's sort of where you are. Like you have to take this game seriously. I, I don't question that they, that they will. Uh, we don't know the health of uh, – you know, Caleb Williams, so we'll have to kind of see about that. But, uh, you know, the, he looked fine. I mean, obviously, he's not doing anything athletic uh, at the, <laughs> you know, at the ceremony or anything. Uh, but pretty impressive, um, you know, performance from him. And we'll see if he's able to go, um, you know, when the, when the bowl game, January 2nd uh, in uh, Dallas. So hopefully USC fans can make it out there for that one. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Chris Trevino and I will be out there covering the game and everything. So, um, but yeah, uh, pretty good overall. So yeah, number 10, did you, you kind of feel USC should have dropped that far in the, the rankings coach? Well, yes. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I think I had him 10. Uh, when you, uh, you know, you never get a second check of the, the last impression and the last impression wasn't really a, a favorable one. And, uh, you know, uh, they always look at what you did last, and uh, they didn't play well in the second half. They got exposed. Really, they got exposed. In fact, I hate to use this term, they were embarrassed. I think as a football staff and a football team on the way they played, was they really, when Caleb got hurt, what was their plan as far as finishing the game? And it continually got worse as it went along. In the last play of the game, the tossing back of the football on a kickoff and all of these type of things, the fair catching. Uh, the goal line, the special teams, I think basically they got out coached, they got out prepared, and they got outplayed. And you just have to admit that at times. You just have to admit that at times. They got exposed, and they got exposed to what everybody's been talking about the entire season, and that was the defensive side of the football. The offense didn't perform. The offense did early, kept them off the field, and everything was going great. But after that injury or whatever, 
they completely collapsed. And I think you have to be uh, talk honestly. And I think that if you ask them, they would agree. And I think that's something they have to overcome. Yeah. I agree with you, Coach. Um, all right. We want to talk about the NCAA transfer portal as well, because on Monday, the portal opened. December is going to be very busy, everybody. You got the early signing period, which I am not a big fan of, but that's, you know, that's where we are. Um, you got the uh, you know early signing period. I'd love for them to move it back to February, but you're getting ready for the bowl game. Official visitors, all this stuff, everything's happening in December. But also, the transfer portal opened up, and that's uh, you know they, that's a new rule this year, so you can't just transfer anytime. It happened on Monday, I believe. There's like a thousand FBS players uh, in the transfer portal at this point. Um, few notable ones, um, you know, from USC. Uh, you knew Max Gibbs had entered uh, before the season. But uh, after the season, so uh, linebacker Julian Simon uh, had entered the portal, uh, linebacker Taylor Katoa, uh, safety Xavier Alford has entered the portal, linebacker who played a lot, Raylan Goforth, he's in the portal, um, cornerback Jaden Williams, didn't really see, uh, he's in the portal, Jake Smith, who was on the team, transfers from Texas. Uh, we didn't see him all season, but he was in class. Uh, he's transferring, looks like he's going to Arizona State. He's from Arizona. And then defensive lineman Kobe Pepe, who I haven't seen much of. So some guys that really didn't play much as of right now are guys in the portal. Um, we'll see what uh, you know USC gets out of there. Apparently the Arizona State kicker-punter uh, was supposed to come uh, to USC. We haven't seen that um, uh, official yet. But that's uh, sort of where we are with the portal right now. Any, any of our thoughts on the transfer portal, Coach? Well, I, I don't like it. You know that. I don't like it. I think the timing of it, uh, as far as the recruiting and the portal, are at the wrong time. I think you have a thing that you've started. And like I said earlier, you should complete the uh, challenges of a complete season and be a team. And, and I don't know how I many of these players are planning on not playing or helping the guys prepare that are playing as far as being scout members or whatever. I don't know exactly what their role will be. But if they're eating, they ought to be playing. And uh, I just think that is the way it should be. If you're if you're transferring, then transfer. But if you're not assisting us in helping us reach our goal, I have a problem with that. Okay, I have a problem with the loyalty to each other as far as the football program. And I agree with you. There was too much going on during the bowl season. I don't know how the administrators can't see that the national letter of intent and everything else that's going on with the all the requirements of bowl games and traveling and. Heisman Trophy Awards and all the above, you can't realize and see that there's only so many hours in a day. But I guess that they may figure this out someday and say we got to change both the portal date and we also got to change the National Letter of Signing date. Because right now it's a celebration period. Yes, it's recruiting, but it's completing your season, enjoying what you started to go at the beginning of the season, the off season, and enjoying and doing. Why not make it one of those type of seasons when you go to a bowl game and it means something to you that you remember all your life? Now it's basically too many things going on where coaches have to do priorities and what they think that's best. If you remember a few years ago, Clay Hilton took a team to the bowl game, the Holiday Bowl, let all his coaches off. They practiced five days in shorts and got smashed by Wisconsin. Now that's not the way you're supposed to approach a bowl game. 
You're supposed to approach it to win. You represent your university. You represent your conference. I think that's the way it should be done. Yeah. No, uh, I hear it, Coach. This is um, it's a definitely a new era of college football, and things are changing. I hate the timing of a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, this is a, it's just a different it's a different college football world. Hopefully, they get some of this stuff figured out because, man, uh, I think this is just a way too busy month when you got finals and transfers and signing and getting ready for bowls and all that. Just too much going on at once. So they need to spread this out a little bit. Um, and it's not, I think it's, you're doing a disservice to the players too. So if you decide to transfer somewhere and then they end up signing a bunch of guys, uh, at your position, uh, transfers or, or, I mean, uh, high school players or vice versa, you know, if you like commit to a school and you're a linebacker and they just picked up two like all American linebackers from the transfer portal, like that's, yeah, I, I think they should spread this out a little bit to give guys a chance to f- kind of figure out where they really want to go. Um, I think it'd be better for the student athletes too. Um, before we we're going to talk about the game a little bit. Uh, I just want to thank uh, our sponsor Trader Joe's. We didn't get to do a show last week, but uh, it's holiday season. They actually have, if you haven't tried uh, Trader Joe's Inside podcast, or pat, they have a bunch of podcasts up there. I think they're on episode fifty-eight. Short, easy to consume. The latest one, episode fifty-eight, is talking about the uh, shopping season over at Trader Joe's holiday season stuff you can pick up. And also over at TraderJoe's.com. Lots of great stuff. Uh, I love checking out the sweets. There's dark dark chocolate-covered gingerbread men, uh, which look really cool. So go check those out if you like. Uh, they have some really good cookies and stuff over there. So I like to uh, so go check it out. A lot of peppermint stuff you know, for the holidays. Gingerbread ice cream. Some really cool stuff over there. So go to TraderJoe's.com and uh, check out all of that. All right, Coach, we'll be back in a minute. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, get some questions and talk about the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Coach Harvey Hyde talking about the team, talking about the game. Uh, we have a uh, some questions to talk about the game. Do you want to give a few, do you want to just kind of get into the questions on it or do you want to uh, give a few words first? No, let's respect the questions first. And if there's something I want to say afterward, that's fine. But these people take the time. So let's answer their questions specifically. That sounds good. All right. We got um, Sir Eric of Troy sent a text in. He said, I believe this game with Utah, albeit a loss, showcased even more reason why Caleb Williams should win the Heisman. Sir Eric said this before he won last night. uh, It exposed just how valuable he has been to this team. His ability to scramble is like a high-quality makeup uh, 
cosmetic. He's a cosmetic. I think he means someone that does cosmetics. It covers a lot of blemishes in the offensive line and maybe the overall offense. Once he was hurt and unable to move around back there, it was like seeing a person's unmade up true face and not recognizing them. His scramble abilities are what made us 11 and two. The committee should see, send an eighth Heisman to heritage hall. Do you agree or have a different take after seeing the game? He says, Ryan, I want to thank both you and coach Hyde for providing another season of informative USC football observations and opinions in my personal favorite podcast, though I listen to them all fight on forever. Sir Eric of Troy. Well, Eric, uh, I'll tell you what it did. It made him an ordinary player. When he was uh, hurt, they knew where he was. He couldn't perform his magic. Also, it's harder to throw when you have a bad hamstring. And they just went after him. It's the same thing that happened to JT Daniels when he played there, Keaton Slovis when they played there. He became a statue. What I mean, basically, he was not the athlete that he could form, perform and do the magic that he did before. And they really did punish him a lot. I'm surprised he really didn't get hurt on some of those hits. He was trying. He's a winner. He wanted to get it done. He didn't want to come out of the game. But there's a point where, you know, you got to have a plan. And maybe there wasn't a plan as far as what he could do. And, yes, he certainly did demonstrate uh, what he means to the USC offense. There's no question about that. He's a magic man. He's the man that I talked about that uh, USC has always needed as far as with the one-back offense that they run that uh, they've got to be able to have an athletic quarterback that does it all. And they were off to a great start with his athletic ability. And it's something really you can't practice against. Okay, let me just tell you, I've tried to practice against athletes like that. You just can't do it. Nobody can do it on your scout team. So it's very hard to adapt to as a defensive football player. And when they lost him and made him ordinary, just like a regular person, it really did limit them. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you're right there, and uh, it showed. For me, it wasn't like anything more than that's why he should win the Heisman, you know. So I think it was more of that. Um, speaking of the um, the injury, and uh, Curtis from Marino Valley, not very happy about uh, the way this went down. Let me play his voicemail for you. He's a little upset. Let me uh, I'll play it for you, Coach. Curtis from Moreno Valley. I can't believe you guys are making excuses for Lincoln Riley not taking Caleb Williams out. I don't care if he's the Heisman Trophy candidate. He's hurt. He has something wrong with his hamstring. And I wonder if a pulled hamstring can turn into a torn hamstring if you keep getting hit all through the game. They should have brought Miller Moss in the game. I don't believe he's going to play in the uh, bowl game because we played him after being injured. That was not a smart play. It was a stupid play. Coach Riley, Curtis from Moreno Valley. Well, Curtis, I think uh, partly what you're saying is exactly the truth. I think we just sort of uh, dotted the eye on that before you asked the question. I think you have to protect your student athletes and uh, depending just how injured he was, so you have to make sometimes the judgment decision as a head football coach, as a doctor, as a trainer, when it's time to step out. And one thing that really hurt him more is the offense was off the field so much uh, in the second, third, and fourth quarter that he, when you have a hamstring or a muscle tightens up and you get cold, it gets tighter and tighter 
and you don't remind, remain loose. When you're warm, a cramp or a muscle can still operate somewhat. And because they were off the field so much that he just tightened up. That's exactly what happened. He tightened up, tightened up and and uh, they couldn't have done any worse, uh, really. Uh, I mean, who knows? Miller Miller could would have come in, and and uh, he did a great job against Colorado. I think it was in taking the team down the field. I mean, I think at least they'd have, they'd have given him a different look, and I think that's what they have to do for the bowl game. But you don't know how he's going to be, and they've got to be able to have an offense that fits Miller Moss. And how does Tulane prepare for that? Because they don't know what that package is. So I think you've got to do that because you never know it could come back so quickly. All right, let's go to David. He wrote in an email, just finishing watching the Pac-12 championship game. A bit frustrating because of the outcome. Still don't get why they went for it on fourth and eight when they were up 17-3 to at the time. Felt like that started the momentum swing for Utah. Well, really, it was the Caleb Williams injury that started the momentum swing. But he said, oh, well, I guess you can't win them all, but just makes me wonder if they would have punted how the first half would have ended differently. Overall, great season after going four and eight last year. If anyone would have told me USC would go eleven and one and be one win away of making the playoffs uh, the next season, no one would have expected that. Lincoln Riley's doing a great job, especially this being his first season. Now USC just has to build uh, from this and get better. Let's finish strong, win a bowl game, and great recruiting class for next season. Keep up the great work your whole staff is doing. I really enjoy. Look forward to all your podcasts you guys put out. Have a great holiday season. God bless and fight on from David. Thanks, David. That was nice. Thank you, David. Uh, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm second-guess Coach Lincoln here, okay? Why would you do that? It's called greedy. You're in a position where you're controlling the game 100%. You don't want the momentum to start or stop. Yeah, I thought basically when they had him back there, he was going to quick kick it or kick it right like he had done before from that position. I, I was shocked when they went for that play. It changed the entire momentum of that football game. They scored twice off of that play. What I'm saying, I think the momentum off the first score got him. The second score in the whole game was changed. I don't understand why he did that. Uh, it just, it's, uh, I think it's a little cockiness at the same time. Not that you don't want to feel that you're, you're good and you can do anything, but you got to have common sense and know that the situation, you're up 17 to three. What are you going to do that for? Uh, and so I have to agree 100% with that call. That call will be remembered more than any other call the entire season. I mean, I don't have an issue going with it there. You just got the ball back. But uh, if you knew your quarterback was hurt, then I think it might have changed things a little bit too. So um, that's one of those things where sometimes the analytics tells you too, but you know, that sometimes you do things that are like, well, but the quarterback was hurt, so maybe not. Um, but yeah, I, I think the overall sentiment being that you have to look at the big picture and, uh, you know, if Curtis wants to be critical of Lincoln Riley, or if you want to be critical of, of calls, like he did a lot of good. I mean, there's so much, this team was so bad last year. Uh, he fixed a lot of stuff, uh, with this team. So I think you kind of look at it overall, uh, the big picture, Sergeant Rodney Strong, uh, wrote in, he says, boy, as much as I hate the loss, I'll tell you the future is bright for this team. Amazing talent all around for USC to go four and eight and now eleven and two is just phenomenal. My only concern is the defense couldn't tackle worth a cent. Uh, with a few of my um, clients who play for the Raiders, and they were laughing at how bad our tackling was. Our defense needs to be retooled and reconfigured ASAP. Alex Grinch put our players in the right places to make plays, but our players couldn't make a play. Thank you, boys, for all you do and fight on, Sergeant Strong. Um, 
Do you, do you agree with that, Coach? Lincoln Riley said that after the game, which when people are like, hey, you should fire Alex Grinch, blah, blah, blah. From what Riley was saying, it sounded to me like he wanted to upgrade the players because he was saying players were in the right spot and then they just didn't make the play. To me, that's saying he's sort of exonerating Alex Grinch, put them in the right spot. They just didn't make the play. Do you agree with that assessment? And then, you know, what do you think? Well, I've been agreeing with that uh, a lot as far as during the season when I said they really play hard. I've always told you that. They play at a pace 100% the entire game, but they, they really can't make the play. I've, I mentioned that. They're a step slow. They play hard. They really don't have a great rush off the edge uh, that they should have. They don't have the down linemen that they really need that, to play at that level. Uh, they don't play on the other side of the football. Uh, they're, they're, they play hard. They're a good group of kids. They really are. But they've they got to have help. you got to keep them off the field. Once they stop somebody, hey, man, be happy. Get the ball back and keep them off the field for a while. And the linebackers, honestly, the linebackers step in the hole but don't make the tackle. Uh, they make a, a tackle, but it's down the field. Uh, Gentry, every time Gentry tackles, he's down by the ankles. Not that, that, that uh, he's physical enough to hit a guy in the chest and knocking backwards but and then he missed a lot of tackles and you start stripping the football instead of tackling people you don't wrap up you know my old saying was you know wrap up and let the posse get there that's the way i used to say hold on somehow and let the posse get there but don't let them make yards extra yards and, and they got the extra yards all the time a two-yard gain turned into a 10-yard game and stepping up in the hole where you scrape as a linebacker, you're supposed to step up and meet him right there square, and they're not doing that. So I think they're teaching the right thing, but they're not making the play. Yeah. No, I would agree with you there, Coach. Um, my guess is that people that ask a lot, I, I don't think Lincoln Riley's going to make a change at defensive coordinator just from his comments, but we'll see. We'll see what happens this offseason. And heading to the bowl game, um, this one is from uh, Dan, class of 1962 says, well, it was fun while it lasted. In the last podcast, Coach Hyde described everything that he would do to limit the tight end production by Utah. Coach Grinch only rarely did any of those things, and as a result, was the same as in October, only worse. Why does Alex Grinch continue to deploy a soft zone, which allows easy catches and runs after catches, especially by strong tight ends? There were two good tackles by USC linebackers of the game, and Tuli Tupelotu was continually out of position. Where was Corey Foreman? USC Rosen fell on the shoulders of Caleb Williams. His injuries kept the Trojans from staying in the game. Would you play Miller loss in the bowl game and prepare for next year? Fight on a win. Dan, class of 1962. Says, P.S. After losing 51-0 to Notre Dame in 1966, John McKay vowed to never lose like that again. Coach Riley needs to make the same vow and get a great defensive coordinator. It's kind of all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I he did, but there's a lot to say. First of all, uh, I would play to win the football game, okay? I wouldn't be playing for next year. I'd play to win this football game. I'd play my best players and get the best effort I can get. Uh, tight ends, they, they really have a trouble with tight ends. Uh, uh, they need to play, you know, get their guys up there and play man. I, I mean, they'd be better off. I think playing man against those guys, like I saw Bullock come up and play man a couple times, and he did a good job. Did a good job. Those tight ends are just too big. And after they catch the football, they make another five yards, uh, ten yards. You can't drag them to the ground. And you don't, uh, you know, you, you see them doing it over and over and over because they can do it. 
One thing USC needs to do is do some things over and over and over. They ran those two. Well, they didn't come back from any type. Excuse me for talking, jumping to the other side. Any type of stretching the field as they did before, as far as reverses, counters. The first two plays they scored on was beautiful. The option pass, and then also the eye under center, and Wood out in the flash. I mean, they both could have walked in the end zone. But those are things that they didn't prepare against. The Utah didn't know how to stop those things. Well, you know, Utah didn't surprise him with the tight ends. They're they going to keep doing it until you stop them. I've always said, do it over and over and over until they stop it. And when they stop it, then you do something else. But don't you know they're going to the big receivers. You know they're going to do that because they have so much success. So you've got to be able to take them out of the game, and uh, they just failed to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for that one, Dan. We got a couple more, and we'll let you go. Jack from New Jersey. He says, USA's loss was uh, surely a bummer. So close to the Final Four, it hurt as a fan, but even more so for the players. I grew up playing baseball and lacrosse, so my knowledge of football intricacies is limited at best. My question, the run defense seemed to improve as the season progressed, but the passing defense, despite all the interceptions, did not appear to progress. Is that the fault of Alex Grinch's scheme or the fault of um, Coach Williams' coaching techniques? He's talking about Dante Williams. The player talent is surely there. Uh, what is the problem? Also, great listening uh, to any and all Peristyle podcast. 11 and 2, anticipating 12 and 2, is a far cry from the past several years of misery and something to be proud of. Fight on, Jack from New Jersey. Well, Jack from New Jersey, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just this way that uh, when the secondary screws up, everyone sees it, okay? When the interior lineman screws up a lot of times or the linebacker, everybody doesn't see it. It might be a 10-yard gain or a 30-yard gain, but when the secondary guy uh, screws up, everybody sees it and says, what happened there? Because it's normally a big play. And I think it's very important you get lined up uh, properly. And Utah really did uh, confuse USC secondary. If you notice at the end of the game or the first part of the game, they flip-flopped their tight ends uh, from one side to the other, and then they ran motion at the same time. And uh, they were confused on the defensive side of the football. They wanted to see what they were going to do with their secondary and how they were going to cover this stuff. So later once they knew how they were going to cover a lot of this stuff, then they took advantage of it. And uh, uh, I think that that's what, you know, you saw a lot of breakdowns in the coverages, okay? And then again, they're, they're afraid in a way they still have that tendency for the pass interference penalty. They're, they're a little uh, tentative on that, which they should be, because I don't know what the rule is as far as calling it. Sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. But uh, then when you face a big receiver that's bigger than you, it, you become more scary because you, you sort of start to hang on, because you know you're losing him. So you get another penalty like that. So I think a lot of it is part of being confused, uh, the communication, Maybe sometimes trying to do too much instead of just saying, this is who we are. You're going to have to beat us because we're going to play all man so nobody gets confused and whatever else. But, you know, basically that's what I see. I see the, the mistakes in the secondary being that mostly communications and breakdowns and poor tackling. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of poor tackling to go around. we got one last text message. Can you explain USC's collective status again on the pod? I thought we were very much behind other schools with this. I see a lot of chat on social media that we bought our team, but uh, most of the player money is coming from outside NIL deals. Don't Utah and Tennessee have bigger collectives than we do? Um, just real quick, 
yeah, like we put a lot of stuff about the NIL and the war room. If you want to go check that out at uscfootball.com, I was on Friday. You can go read that. If you're not a subscriber, you can uh, get it there for 50% off right now. So great deal. So go check it out. Um, but yeah, USC is not, uh, not, it's, it's funny coach. People are talking about USC bought their team, but you talk to people inside USC and they're not on the uh, forefront of collectives. As far as all that stuff goes, uh, they are not where like a Texas A&M is or a Tennessee is as far as paying players and paying players to come to the school. I think the USC administration is in general, more conservative with that stuff. Would rather not do it. Uh, and I think USC is still trying to figure it out. They're trying to find their way in the NIL collective space. So it is kind of ironic that people think that USC just threw boatloads of money at people, but they're really not. And a guy like Caleb Williams or Jordan Addison wanted to come to USC to win a Heisman Trophy or win a championship as opposed to here's a pile of money, just come to USC, you know? So I don't know if you can continue to do business like that going forward, coach, because their money is going to be a big part of this. Uh, but in general, uh, go read the war room for sure. But in general, I'd say USC is behind as far as the, uh, you know, the, the average F, you know, top 25 program on what they're doing in the NIL space. Well, I don't think they're buying their players, but I think their players have representation with companies and so on that are representing them, Brian, Ryan. We, you know, they do. I mean, let's take uh, Caleb Williams. He's speaking at, or he's back at the, uh, New York Athletic Club, and on Friday night he's wearing a Nike uh, shirt or a Nike outfit. During the presentation of the award, he's wearing an Adidas suit and jacket. Now, if USC had anything to do with that, they wouldn't be wearing any Adidas. They're a Nike school. So I really think this is a lot of the stuff going on outside, and there's a reason behind that. Someone is representing him to tell him to do that or he's getting paid for it or whatever. Now, I don't think USC's behind it because they wouldn't do that. Say, you can't wear that. We're a Nike school. But there's somehow, there's organizations or somebody out there that are contracted to do all that. And these kids are getting something. You can't be, we all can't be naive to say, oh, they're just coming to play to win a national championship or whatever. Go check the type of cars they're driving. Go see the type of clothes they wear. When he comes into the stadium and wears that type of shoe and wears that type of outfit, who pays for that? Someone does because he's he's uh, got a brand going out there or developed his own brand. Nothing against it because that's what's going on right now. Before I didn't like it, now I say let it be. Yeah, that's the way it's going to be. So that's the way I look at it. All right, Coach. Uh, well, good stuff. Uh, good to get you back again. Sorry we didn't get uh, last week. Anything else you want to say? Anything else we missed uh, going on in the world of USC football? No, I think it was uh, a good uh, discussion today about all the different things that are going on and the priorities and things that need to be changed as far as the recruiting types and times and so on. And again, enjoy your holidays out there and uh, have a happy holiday season. And let's get ready for more football. Brian, it never ends, okay? It goes year-round. There's something happening all the time. I've never watch or been a part of more football than I have now in my life. And I know you uh, have not either, you and your staff. So uh, I don't know what to tell you. If we're having that and we're that busy, imagine what the players and the coaches are going through. Yeah, craziness. It's a crazy time. So Lincoln Riley flies back for New York. 
Um, it was funny. Uh, Ryan Day talked about he got fined for not showing up at the award show in Atlanta because he was recruiting in California, CJ Stroud, who ends up, you know, um, there's just too much to do at this. Year. <laughs> like you can't do it all. Uh, and if you have a lot of great players, you know, like Ohio state does, you're going to have to show up at these award things, and, but you're trying to get ready for a bowl game or you're trying to recruit for next year and the, the future year. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now. Um, but all right. Well, that's good stuff. Uh, coach, great to hear from you and uh, all of you out there. If you can keep sending in your questions, questions about the offseason, transfers, recruiting, any of that, we will continue to do shows. Chris uh, Trevino and I will do a show this week. We have actually a Tunnel Vision show Sunday night uh, live that we'll talk about the Heisman and all of that. And then also uh, the two-star recruiting podcast. Those are huge. Make sure you check them out with Chris Trevino and, uh, and Gerard Martinez. You got to check out uh, coach. I don't know if you saw this Chris Trevino, like he um, grew, grew up in the Maryland, you know, in Maryland and uh, happened to coach Caleb Williams in swimming uh, back in 2012. He tweeted out a picture last night of the, him in the pool. He's got these weird sunglasses on and Caleb Williams as like a, a nine year old or whatever he was, um, you know, d- uh, in the picture too. So he was, uh, he had coached Caleb Williams in swimming back in the day. I thought that was pretty funny. It is. I'm going to take a look at that, okay? Yeah. I'm going to take a look at boys, an all-around athlete. Yeah. He it, does it all. He could have been a competitive swimmer and stuff, too. That's what they were saying. So uh, pretty impressive. But all right. Well, that'll wrap it up for Coach Hyde. I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.